Welcome to the Revenue Engine Podcast. I'm your host, Rosalind Santa Elena, and I am thrilled to bring you the most inspirational stories from revenue generators, innovators, and disruptors, revenue leaders in sales, in marketing, and of course, in operations. Together, we will unpack everything that optimizes and powers the revenue engine. Growth Farm Production. Are you ready? Let's get to it. For those of you who know me, you know I have a special place in my heart for sales compensation. Sales compensation is one of the most powerful tools available to organizations to drive your go-to-market strategy to achieve and exceed your revenue goals when it's done right. But many companies struggle to get compensation right. How can a sales rep feel confident that they are being paid accurately based upon their plan? Salespeople often hate their CRM. Why? Because they are hard to use, difficult to customize and expensive to maintain. This means leads and opportunities don't get updated. Things get missed and sales can suffer. Insightly is the modern CRM that teams love. Easy to use, flexible enough to support your unique needs and scales with you as you grow. This helps you sell smarter, grow faster and build lasting customer relationships. Insightly is trusted by more than a million users worldwide. For more information, visit insightly.com forward slash get insightly. In this episode of the Revenue Engine podcast, Dan Goodman, the CEO and founder at True Commish, shares his thoughts on comp plan best practices and how to use clarity and transparency to unlock the power of commissions. So super excited to be here today with Dan Goodman, the CEO and founder of True Commish. For those of you who might not be familiar with True Commish, True Commish is a unique solution for salespeople to verify the accuracy of their compensation, ensure that they are being paid fairly, and enable data-driven decisions to really maximize your earnings. So welcome, Dan, and thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited <laughs> to unpack your story and just learn from you. Thank you so much, Rosalind. It's great to be here. I, I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I'm looking forward to our discussion. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about your career journey and your backstory, you know, prior to True Commission. I mean, you've had a number of different roles across all different industries, finance analysis, excuse me, business development. You've done strategic planning. You've done operations. You've done partner alliances. You've done so much. Um, can you share maybe a little bit more about your backstory and just your career journey before True Commission? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, sort of the one common theme in, all, in my career journey is that it's always been very sort of uh, numbers related. I'm always uh, very much into sort of financial modeling and telling stories with numbers. And that's sort of been the one common theme throughout my career in different roles, whether it's been working within marketing organizations or product development or product management or finance or accounting roles, uh, even in in strategic planning and management consulting. Um, It's a passion that I have. I love telling stories with numbers. I I do a lot of financial modeling on a personal basis for my own finances and things like that. And uh, it's just kind of the way that I'm wired. so, you know, I've had different roles and my career has progressed. And, uh, you know, what, what I, I eventually went from large companies where I initially started with and then have sort of transitioned down to some of the smaller ones. I think it's a really good foundation to have that big company experience and that training and working in that environment. Um, you're limited on your ability to have an impact in that type of an organization. But it, then once you have built up that skill set, now you can apply that to some smaller settings and have a, a much more significant impact in your, in your role. 
Um, so that's kind of been one of the things that I've always looked to be able to do is to have a, a more of a significant role and a, and a bigger impact uh, in the organizations. Ah, love that. I love that. Um, I love that mix of big company and small company. I'm sort of the same, you know, same type of background where I started really large companies, went to small. And it's great because you can take what you learn from big companies, kind of what good looks like at scale and help a lot of the smaller companies get there. Yeah. For me, I really, I really found my niche though in the small companies because I'm a very passionate and energetic person. And, you know, I'm either always on or not. There's not really much <laughs> between for me. So that works yeah. fantastic in the startup environment where you got a flat structure. Not so great in the corporate America after a couple of years. So that's another reason why I've always been you know, very passionate about that, that type of thing. You know, my prior to, to uh, True Commission, I was at a startup called Acuity Link. And uh, it was great there because I had an opportunity to go in and impact the entire organization. Um, we went in there and we pivoted the, the company uh, after probably about six months into a role that eventually the company was able to get acquired for a, a, an eight-figure sum, which was fantastic. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's probably a lot of lessons learned there. Absolutely. <laughs> Both good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, you know, on this podcast, you know, whenever I speak to founders, you know, I find that many times, you know, companies get started when a founder is faced with a problem, right, that they're trying to solve. In our prior conversations, when we first met, I know that this was definitely a passion area and a case for you in True Kamish. So maybe can you share the story here that, you know, led you to founding the company and then maybe where you started and where you are today. Absolutely, absolutely. So as I mentioned before, I'm a, I'm a very analytical person, almost to a fault, uh, but I do take <laughs> action, so I don't just sit still with it. Um, but uh, ultimately, I've been helping friends and family going back 25 plus years who are high-performing sales reps. Uh, I help them verify their pay and identify pay errors. And, and back in the day when I was doing this, there weren't really CRMs or commission softwares. There was just an Excel feed and, a, and an Excel booking report. Uh, and I would have to manually cross-reference the two, which could take literally six, seven, eight, ten hours, depending on the number of deals and the complexity. And I was able to successfully work with reps and help them identify and recover literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of earned but unpaid commissions and resulting bonuses and club trips. And uh, I knew that it was a huge problem, and it's always been a passion of mine because I, I get a great little, I get a little bit of a thrill when I'm able to help reps find money and then they go back to their employer and they get what was rightfully theirs in the first place that they wouldn't have gotten if they hadn't worked with me. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a joy to be able to do that. The, the reps really appreciate it. Um, so it, it, it's been very gratifying, Frank. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know, for me, you know, having been involved in sales comp for over 20 years myself, I have a special place in my heart, you know, for comp. I mean, it's such a powerful strategic force to really help companies achieve and exceed their goals, but only when it's done right. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So what are some of the common mistakes maybe that you see companies making when it comes to, you know, at least designing and structuring their sales compensation plans? Well, number one, you know, you know, head and shoulders above everything else is the comp plans. Make the comp plans simple and easy. They shouldn't be more than two or three pages. You should be able to explain them in, in, a, in a matter of moments. Um, you know, provide transparency. You know, don't make it a guessing game. Let folks be spending their time focusing on selling more or earning more or doing their job and not worrying if they're being paid accurately or not. Right. So when you're making a plan, you know, put the target in front of them, make it something that's realistic, make it achievable. You know, I mean, these things where they put together these quotas that, you know, 10 percent of the team, you know, meet their OTE. It, it's ridiculous. And it just destroys morale and productivity and self-confidence. So may, let's all be real with each other. Set realistic goals. Mm -hmm. 
you know, put it in front of the reps so that they understand what the targets are. Don't move them in the middle of the game. Right. <laughs> yes. and, and then let them execute it and support them as, as much as you can to help them achieve. It. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, so the simplicity and just being transparent and just being, you know, upfront with what are we what are we trying to achieve and make sure that people are paid fairly. Yeah, I mean, my recommendation, my recommendations really would be if I, you know, if we go into an organization, we would want to interview the executive team and find mm-hmm. out what business goals are you trying to achieve here? And then we can align the compensation structures to achieve those business goals. Oftentimes what folks do is that they go in there and they just make these plans so incredibly complex that the reps <laughs> don't even know what goals that the company wants them to try to achieve because they can't figure it out. I worked with a rep recently that had a 35-page comp plan that didn't even have commission rates in it. It had an Excel calculator attached with it, and it also had a 28-page addendum that created <laughs> that listed every single potential scenario where the company would not have to pay a rep on a deal. Oh my gosh. So let's just make it, let's focus on paying the reps for what they do rather than looking for opportunities to not pay them and yeah. set up the plan so that it's beneficial for both the company and the rep to start. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that goes back to making sure that you set, you're really clear, right, on what your objectives are and make sure that they're things that the um, the rep can actually be accountable for, right? That they can actually impact. I, that's something you sound like you're like me where I'm constantly on my soapbox talking about, don't make it so complicated. Keep it simple. Yeah, at the most two or three things, these are things we want you to go do. And here's how you're going to go get, you know, how, here's how you're going to get paid if you go do those things. And here's how you get paid more if you do more of those things. Yep. yep. Yeah. My, 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 my key, my new motto right now that I'm uh, applying with everything is, Everyone wins with pay transparency. The rep wins, the company wins, everybody wins. And and it just makes too much sense to do it. So why don't we all do it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So so let's talk about commission payments. I mean, there is nothing worse than being paid incorrectly, right? I I know you and I have chatted about this before too. I mean, I think clarity, transparency, as you just mentioned in payments, and especially accuracy, right, is so, so critical. I mean, this is someone's pay, Right. But I mean, you think about so many organizations, as you're seeing, are still making mistakes and, you know, unintentionally, but they're making mistakes in commission payments. Um, so maybe from your perspective, what are some of the reasons you think commissions are paid inaccurately? Yeah. So there's a ton of reasons why that can take place. I mean, I think the number one reason is just, you know, like I said, we mentioned a moment ago, complexity. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you one, one example. I, we, I, I, you know, I was approached by a rep for a uh, marketing automation company. Um, we went over their plan and it was the craziest plan I've ever seen. They work <laughs> in a high transaction volume, low transaction value setting. So tons okay. of deals every month and they get paid a base rate on each deal. And there are five variables that impact that base rate up or down. And underneath those five variables are 19 sub variables. Ouch. <laughs> a total combination of over 500 <laughs> rates that can be applied per deal in a high transaction volume setting. The oh company goodness. and the reps are literally running blind. We, we we built out the functionality in a matter of a couple mm-hmm. of weeks that took the commission software company four months to do. And we are finding significant errors going in both directions in favor and against the, the company and employee. So, you know, it, it, it's it's mind boggling. Um, you know, reps deserve to be paid. They the, the first thing that they should be doing is that they should be checking it every month. They should be gathering up all of their data every month. They should have this data accessible to them so that if they ever get walked out the door and they feel that they've been wronged, they have the information to go back and do something about it rather than wishing they had done it before. So I believe that's why True Commission was created, so that reps can come to True Commission, 
load up their data sets, and within a matter of moments, we can identify deals that you were paid less than what you expected when you initially booked it. Now, maybe the deal was downsized or canceled or what have you, and some of those differences are okay, but more often than not, there's errors that are made. It could be an mm -hmm. error in the calculation of the commission rate. It could be the dollar amount. There could be an accounting error. Maybe the deal has been reclassified wrong, or maybe it was credited to a different rep. I mean, there's literally dozens and dozens and dozens of different ways that I've seen commission errors take place. And that's mm -hmm. why it's essential for reps to stay on top of it. It's their money. Don't think that the company is doing this intentionally against you. Mm -hmm. I mean, there may be a small percentage of you know, scenarios where that may be the case. But, you know, errors happen and they happen all the time for many mm -hmm. different reasons. And it's your it, you owe it to yourself to check it. You owe it to your family. This is your money. You've worked hard to earn it. Yes. You deserve it. Go get it. So there's never been any solutions for reps. You know, there's this game sometimes that companies play and they'll say, hey, Rosalind, you know, here's your draft commission statement. You've got 24 to 48 hours to check it. <laughs> back to us in that time frame, you've lost your opportunity to contest it. It couldn't be more wrong. There's a legal obligation on, on the part of the company to pay you fully and accurately. It's not your job to do that. It's theirs. So there's mm -hmm. no time frame associated with you pointing that error out to them. But it's part of sort of the, the intimidation and bullying tactics that often take place around pay. So my message is to stand up for yourself. Don't be bullied and intimidated. Question things. It's okay to do so. And if your company has an issue with that, then they have an issue. And maybe that's yeah. not the right place for you. I love that. I love that. So so what do you think are some of the things that maybe companies are really doing right when it comes to processing sales commissions? And then how can companies do better? You know, because we've talked about it's, hey, it's unintentional, but they need to do better. One, we talked about, you know, simplifying the comp plan or, you know, not having 19 <laughs> different variables. But what are some of the other things that you think that companies can do better. So this, I've been on a, a soapbox a little bit about this. I put out a post recently about how there should be a federal law that requires all employers to provide a reconciliation of variances with explanations anytime your bookings or closed one deals in your CRM don't match what's invoiced to the customer. Mm -hmm. That is what I call true pay transparency. And I don't know a single company that I have come across in my entire life that actually does this. To me, if you're a rep and you've worked so hard and it could literally take anywhere from 12 to 18 to even 24 months to close and penetrate a large enterprise account. And when you mm -hmm. finally get that PO, you expect to earn a certain amount on that deal. But somehow there's no obligation on the employer to report to you based on what you expected to earn. They only report what's invoiced to the customer and you're left blind wondering if you're paid right or not. So what mm -hmm. I would love to see all organizations do is report all the way from initial closed one book deals and show that all the way through implementation, invoicing, and commission payout. And when those numbers change, rather than the rep having to figure it out or research it or go check disparate data sets with no automation, yeah. provide that right to them. It would eliminate the need for any of this checking, all the complaining, all the angst around it. And mm -hmm. it's the right thing to do. I just I don't understand why it is never done that way. That's how I that, that was sort of the methodology when I was doing this manually for friends and family 25 years ago. And it's just it's it's so natural. It's like, well, you expected this and you got this. Why is it different? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's switch gears a bit and let's talk about the sales rep. You know, if I'm a salesperson, what should I be doing to make sure that I'm getting paid fairly? And accurately. Well, you can come and ask True Commission to help you do it. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we have a free tool out there that you can load your data sets up and check yourself if you need help. 
you know, there may be a small fee that we could do to help you figure that out. But uh, a lot of reps have gone there and used it. Um, you know, if you don't want to use True Commission for some reason, I, I strongly implore you to to check your pay. It's as simple as that. It, you owe it to yourself and your family. It's 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 really important. And it, 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 it when you do this, it creates a sense of loyalty and trust. I mean, if you, if you have questions and then you validate it later, don't you feel better knowing that your company is doing right by you? Doesn't it improve your trust and your morale and your motivation to want to do more for them? And when you don't have that transparency, you start to doubt things. So I, I believe that this is really important um, for, for, for reps, for, for sales leaders, for executives. Um, we should be focused on doing more productive things, more positive things, getting rid of that dark negative cloud around compensation and commissions and all that and, and have it fair and open and for everyone. I don't believe, see what this is for me personally, Rosalind, this goes beyond just like finding pay errors or checking your pay. This is a societal issue. You know, this is about doing the right thing by people. I mean, yeah. you wake up every day and you put on your pants and you go to work and a sales rep does the same thing. And why is it okay for you to have transparency and know that you're being paid right? And, but the rep, you know, all they get is their base salary and the rest of it is sort of this great unknown based on blind faith and trust. Mm -hmm. It's just wrong to me. So to me, I want to see this entire industry change. I want there to be transparency at the forefront. I would love to see commission software companies, which is what True Commission does, by the way. We bring the calculations to the forefront so you don't have to assume that what was coded out on the back end is correct. Mm -hmm. So, for example, with that variable rate by deal scenario that I showed you with the five different and the 19 and, and, and the 500 combinations, yeah. we'll actually show you on a deal by deal basis what the base rate was, what mm -hmm. those five variables up and down, how they impacted the base rate, and then mm -hmm. what the actual rate that you should have been paid was, and then compare that to what you're actually being paid on the commission statement. So we bring all that to the forefront so that there is true transparency and you don't have to just assume that it's being done correctly on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, you talked a lot about sort of what true commission can kind of help salespeople, right? They help them identify, they help them recover um, from all the errors and oversights, but you've actually like helped, not just helped identify, but help reps figure out how to go out and get their money, right? How to recover their dollars. And then also how to kind of look forward in terms of how do they maximize their earnings moving forward. So how does True Commission kind of help with some of that? It would be great if you could share some of that part. Yeah, so um, the way the application works is, is that you answer some questions. So we have like a comp plan onboarding wizard and okay. uh, we ask a bunch of questions and we can pretty much onboard almost any comp plan on any industry, regardless of complexity. And I'm hoping that we're about 80% there right now. We're continuing to add functionality to it. And then you upload your, your data sets, whether your bookings report and your commission statement. We're also actually building out integrations right now that we've recently, recently completed on the back end. We're still doing the front end with Salesforce and HubSpot and three different commission software companies and Google Sheets and, and about nine in total. Um, so, so basically, you know, you, once you've onboarded the comp plan, you upload your data sets, you identify a unique identifier. So like a job order, work order number, invoice number, opportunity name, opportunity number. And we use that to cross-reference the data sets to compare what you expected to be make on a, on a deal versus what you actually did make on a deal. So mm -hmm. once you go through that, then we have a, a data warehouse that lists all of those deals that appear to be off. And now the rep will do a first pass using our system to take the unique identifier, look it up in their own systems and to mm -hmm. see what happened with the deal. So was the deal canceled? Is that why it's showing up as an error? Was it downsized? So I was actually paid correctly on the smaller amount. Did the deal get credited to a different rep? 
or did it get credited to a house account? You know, there's a lot of different ways that errors can happen. And it's important for reps to check it because, you know, if you're in a, especially in a high transaction volume, but really in any setting, even if you're only doing a half a dozen deals a year, there might be 200 line items associated with each deal. And you want to make sure that you're getting paid fully on each line item as well as the, in, in total and be able to identify where those errors are so that you have the data to go back to accounting and prove to them what errors are there. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, you may or may not get paid if you don't highlight and bring them up to them. Yep, I love that. I love that. Um, you know, when I think about the revenue engine and this podcast, I'm I'm always hoping others will be able to learn how to accelerate revenue growth and, you know, power the revenue engine. So maybe as a CEO and kind of founder yourself, you know, from your perspective, like what are the top maybe, you know, two or three things that you think other CEOs should be thinking about today, right? To really help grow, but also retain revenue. I think the number one thing is really to get um, complete alignment within the organization, right? You know, whether it's sales, marketing, ops, finance, customer success, leadership, what have you. So if you got everybody going in the same direction with the same goals, you're already several steps ahead. The other thing I would do is I would provide tools and resources to make your teams more efficient so they can get more done with less. For sales specifically, if you can free up all the administrative time that they're spending, like maybe checking commissions or updating yeah. the CRM or whatever, and yeah. have them increase their selling time, there's more likelihood that there will be more revenue that comes in. I mean, the other thing that I would do is I would set realistic goals so that we're not tricking ourselves. Because when you have unrealistic goals, you're putting unnecessary pressure on folks and they may not mm. perform at their peak performance in, in that environment. So oftentimes, and you know this as a RevOps leader, there's oftentimes a disconnect from the executive team, the CEO or the CFO uh, with mm. the sales leaders and the sales organizations. So one is doing a top down, the other one's doing a bottom up and they never meet in the middle. <laughs> so let's have them meet in the middle and be realistic with it, you know? And the other thing too is, uh, you know, I think a real big thing that's going to be a, a key differentiator in 2023 mm -hmm. is encourage your employees to create their own brands on LinkedIn and promote themselves and your company. Mm -hmm. You're not going to find better promotion. You're not going to find anything more real and true. And the price is right. You know, I mean, it's very <laughs> inexpensive, if not free to do that. And your 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 employees will appreciate that. So those are some of the things that I would recommend. I love that. That's great. Thank you for sharing those. I think those are all really great tips. When you talk about alignment, of course, my ears perk up because that's all about what RevOps what we're trying to do. Anything related to comp, of course, is a really passion project, and then anything around technology as well. So and LinkedIn. So you, I think you hit on all the top top areas that I I'm passionate about as well. Um, awesome. So, you know, looking back at your career, are there is there anything that you wish you might have known earlier or maybe you might do differently if you could sort of hit that reset button and start all over again? Absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you, with age comes wisdom and experience. <laughs> and when I look back on what was my key motivations when I was, you know, 20, 21, 22, and compared to what I'm looking at life now, it, it's very different. And when you're young and you're on your own, you're paying your own rent, you want to maximize your earnings at that stage. And really... <laughs> It's the opportunity, and it's actually the opposite. It, it's the time that you don't have to worry as much about the money. Mm -hmm. You don't have as many responsibilities or a mortgage or, or children or college to pay for or what have you. Yeah. And you have more flexibility to be able to try different things and fail and then go and do it again and be successful. Yeah. So, you know, you know that, that would be one thing. Another thing, and I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, is I think it's really important to start off in an organization that has some training, a foundation, structure that they can provide, because you're coming in with a clean slate. You don't really know one thing or the other. 
So I would prefer someone going into a larger organization initially, kind of learning how you work within a company and the rules and procedures and, and, and structures and hierarchy and, and all that. And then take that skill set to a smaller organization where you can have a much greater impact um, and, and you'll be able to round out your skill set um, mm -hmm. in ways that you wouldn't be able to in a larger corporation. And then once you've kind of done that, now you have the ability to either go back into sort of a mid-sized or larger corporation at a much higher or significant level because you have that experience and knowledge, yeah. um, you know, or you could take a, you know, go and do a startup, you know, or, or, or go, you know, go be a, a C-level at a startup or be a founder at a startup and apply all that energy and passion and experience and knowledge you've gained to do something for yourself. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. <laughs> that is amazing advice. I love that. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, but you know, as we wrap up and before I let you go, I always ask two things. One, you know, what is the one thing about Dan that others would be surprised to learn? And two, what is the one thing that you really want everyone to know about you? Well, the surprise to learn, other than people who are actually engaging with me on LinkedIn right now, the, the entire rest of the world would be completely shocked that I actually use any form of social media at all. <laughs> LinkedIn is pretty much my only social media account I have. I've never used social media. I've never really liked social media. And I got to tell you, it's completely changed my outlook about life. I mean, LinkedIn and what True Commission is doing has helped me change my perspective on life. I have literally done like a 180 uh, in the last six months or so about my outlook. I've always been someone who sort of has has measured and, and judged and didn't want to be taken advantage of and, and used and what have you. And I've kind of looked through life through that lens. Mm -hmm. But since True Commission, LinkedIn and the community, uh, it's been the opposite. I, I get enormous gratification from helping others and enabling others. And it's just changed my outlook. And I, I feel so much better about myself and energetic and, and passionate about it. Um, so, so, so that is uh, one thing for sure. Um, you know, the social media, uh, <laughs> I, I've never been one to want to do it. And uh, I am just having the time of my life. I am making true friendships on LinkedIn. There are people I speak to on a regular basis, call me up at seven in the morning and we chat and, uh, you know, it, it's fantastic. Um, the other thing, uh, well, the second question is what would, uh, people like to know? About? Yeah. Is there one thing that you really want everyone to know about you? Let me see. Uh, one thing to know that I want people to know about me. Yeah, I guess the one thing, and it kind of touches on what I just said a little bit, maybe two things. One's more of a fun thing. Um, I'm, I want to help people right now. I want to give back. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a lot of years of experience, uh, times that I've been burnt by companies or other things. And um, I'm a very uh, intuitive and inquisitive person. And I, and throughout my life, I've always wanted to seek knowledge and become knowledgeable. And I'm at the stage of my life now where I want to share all of that knowledge with other yeah. people. So, you know, I'm, I've um, developed, uh, in addition to True Commission, I've developed about a dozen different things that I'm able to help people with and guide people on and, and mm -hmm. encourage people to reach out. Things like, you know, uh, going on PIPs or, or severance agreements or comp plans or employment letters or, you know, uh, you know uh, when, if you're being walked out the door, what steps to take, you know, things like that. Advising folks to take action, encourage them to stand up for themselves, uh, do right by themselves. Don't have regrets later in life because you didn't stand mm -hmm. up. You know, it, yeah. it's it's empowering to go and stand up for yourself and have a positive outcome. And it will change how you feel about yourself. Um, the other thing I'd like people to know is that I'm a, a, a diehard, a, a, you know, golfer. I, I picked it up very late in life. 
And I was fortunate enough uh, early on to uh, be lucky enough to have a hole-in-one, which I'm, I'm very proud of. In fact, <laughs> behind me is my hole-in-one trophy right there. Oh, yeah, I see that. So, Amazing. So that, those would be the, one, one's a fun thing and one's uh, you know a passion about what I'm enjoying doing and helping folks right now. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Dan. This has been an amazing conversation. Um, just really appreciate all of your insights and just your passion, right? And your energy comes across in everything that you do. So thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, Rosalind. It was great to be on and I uh, really appreciate it. It's been great to get to know you. I, I follow you regularly and you're okay. constantly adding value to the whole community and we all appreciate everything you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 